The following show contains spoilers for Free Fire. It's not a sequel to Free Willy. We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive it. Here we go. <laughs> oh, now we're cooking. Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack and today I'm joined by a man who, in his spare time, negotiates gun deals between criminal gangs. How's that going, Chris? It goes very well. Because generally what happens, we meet up in an isolated area, away from the prying eyes of the public and law enforcement agencies. I introduce the gangs, they do their deal, and then I double-cross the fuck out of all of them. I take the money and the guns. So you can sell them again and pull the same yeah. con. Yeah, because I put my deals too close together. I'll be hovering for this deal, and then I look at my phone, I'm like, I've got to be at another gun deal in like 20 minutes, so all these same guns I'm trying to sell now. That's poor time management, Chris. But it makes the bling, the dosh, the wonga. Never works. They always survive. I'm wanted by five different gangs at the moment. <laughs> That's good to know, Chris, so I can blackmail you in the future. Oh, uh, shall we have a look at the menu of today's podcast? A delicious, a delicious starter of news, followed by a main course of free fire reviewage. Uh, followed by a tasty dessert of survival tips to Free Fire, which is the film that we're going to be talking about today. But shall we get stuck into the starter? Yep, lay it on me. The tasty, delicious starter. No, don't starter. lay it on me. Can you serve it up on a small plate in front of me with about 15 different types of spoons and forks uh, and one knife? I want one knife to eat it with. Okay. And a glass of water. Tepid. A slice of lemon. Anything else? You're very picky. I want a window seat. Looking over, um, Jaywick. Jaywick? It's a really run-down part of Essex. Good stuff. <laughs> News, Chris! Trailer! We got a teaser of The Defenders. Did we? It was 16 seconds. Uh, I didn't miss much then. No, you didn't. It was the four of them getting into a lift, and it was from a point of view of a security camera in the lift, and, uh... Daredevil's got a suit on, a suit and tie with the mask on from the first season of Daredevil. <laughs> so that looks really weird. Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Danny Rand are all wearing civvy street clothes. No masks, which makes Daredevil's <laughs> mask even weirder. But it does kind of make sense because he's the only one that wears a costume with a mask, doesn't he? Well, yeah, and he needs to protect his identity. He's got a uh, higher profile job than the others. Well, so is Danny. Danny runs the head of a company. Is he? Yeah. I don't know anything about this oh, guy. Oh, no, yeah, you've not watched Iron Fist. I forget sometimes. But Iron Fist wears a mask, doesn't he? Something similar to a Daredevil's Series 1 mask. Yes, he does in the comics, but not in the Netflix series. But yeah. I'm not going to watch it then. I'm not straight to, <laughs> to staying true to the character. You big Iron Fist fan? Yeah, if his fist isn't iron, I ain't watching it. We glows. It doesn't yeah, literally turn no, iron. No, it's iron. <laughs> Iron Man is an iron. Iron Fist doesn't have an iron fist. Well, stop using the iron in the name then if you're not going to be that thing. Superpowered Fist, man. No, it should be Golden Fist. Duh. Glowy Fist. Glowy Fist. Good Nightlight st- Fist. <laughs> Nightlight <laughs> Fist, yes. Uh, the trailer ends with Jessica Jones spotting the camera and ripping it off. So, that's what we get. Intriguing, no? Uh, no. Well, it is a teaser, and they've probably yeah. only just started. Well, they should be nearing the end, because it comes out this year. But that's all we're getting for the time being, Chris. Uh, more TV news. The New Warriors, which is a Marvel uh, superhero team. I think it's in development, and they've got some scripts going. And one of the characters in it, Chris, you'll be excited to know, is Squirrel Girl. For fuck's sake. You not like Squirrel Girl? I can't say I don't like her because I don't know anything about her. Does she have a squirrel tail? Yes. Does she have squirrel teeth? No. She's once defeated Doctor Doom and she's the nanny for Jessica Jones and Luke Cage's child in the comics. You don't look impressed. No, I'm not. It's not hard to beat Doom. 
he seems to get defeated all the time, and then she's a nanny. Not, a nothing bad about nothing nanny. bad about nannies. Yeah, but okay, superhero nanny. Does Jessica Jones and Luke Cage's kid have powers? Uh, I don't know. I know it gets kidnapped at some point by scrolls. So uh, Squirrel Girl's not doing a particularly good job. You'd be annoyed though, wouldn't you? You'd be like, my dad's indestructible. My mum has super strength and can sort of glide through the air. I'm good at math. <laughs> but I want a superpower. <laughs> Maths can be a superpower. Um, last bit of TV news, Chris. Doctor Who related this time. John Sims is coming back as the master in the new series. Good. I don't know if he's going to replace Misty or whether it'll be a, a crossing the timelines type thing yeah. where they'll bump into uh, John Sims and Misty. They'll have a, a master team up kind of like we've had doctors teaming up. So why not mm. different variations of the master? So intrigued. Yes. Interesting. Purely because if they do team up, it'd be Misty trying to do plans and John Sims would be going, can you hear it? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Can you not hear it? <laughs> That's what he's going to be doing this entire thing. Talking about the drums. Yeah, because it, it, obviously he's got the repetitive drum beat. Does yeah. Misty still have that? I'm she's not sure. It, has no, she? I think Misty's just crazy, and I think the drum beat led thing, to it. Uh, maybe, but the the whole drum beat storyline got concluded when David Tennant's yeah. Doctor bit the dust. So if he does come back, I don't think the drums will be a factor in it but I think Sims will still be a crazy master they'll probably have an out crazy each other off I hope they do I was reading um, because the new series is starting and I was thinking I didn't know if Peter Powder's regenerating in this series or the Christmas special it's Christmas I think isn't it yeah see I thought it was this series I was like I've not heard any news about a new Doctor being cast I thought I'm going to google it to see if there's any suggestions or whatever and I went to the first website which is Doctor Who TV I thought, oh, this should be a legitimate source of information. I was wrong. <laughs> because it was like, we can confirm with no, with you know complete accuracy that a doctor's going to degenerate back to David Tennant. Degenerate? Like, yeah, like reverse regenerate Yeah, but you'd have Tennant. to degenerate into Matt Smith first I know. if they're doing so a complete like, reverse. I was thing. like, is this? This, this can't be real. No, it, this no. can't be real. That's f- pure fan speculation. Yeah. Uh, how are they going to uh, unveil the new Doctor? Are they going to do what they did with Capaldi? Because they had a big uh, sort of TV press conference thing because the BBC knew that they couldn't hide who was going to play the new Doctor, so they just mm. went, we'll make a big thing of it. Do, do you want them to do that again or no, do you want I, them to try and surprise you? I want surprise, so when he does regenerate, it's... <gasps> We have no Johnny idea who's Depp. going to be. Oh, look, Johnny Depp. Um, yeah, I'd like to keep it a, a surprise. I have a funny feeling there's not going to be as much hype this time round about who the Doctor's going to regenerate into. The series overall has been struggling, hasn't it? It's lost viewers and stuff. Uh, yes, I think that's mostly due to Moffat and his more convoluted storylines and stuff like that. But I, I think there'll be, there'll, there'll be probably more hype for the creative change and depending on whether they cast a female or not we'll we'll see how much hype they get uh but yeah i'm fine either way if they want to try and keep it a surprise or they want to do the press conferency thing i'm i'm not fussed either way uh daniel craig chris is definitely returning as bond after oh, really? someone i can't remember who but uh someone in the creative team behind bond said tom hiddleston was too smug <laughs> Well, he's like, I'm Bond. Well, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Okay. And I think, well, I've I've heard they're also funding one of Daniel Craig's uh, pet projects, uh, Othello, which is a stage thing that I think Craig is involved with. So, so money. He's, he's gone. I'll be Bond, but you have to give me a ton of money and pay for this as well. Yeah, that's probably how it goes. I think because Craig, he wasn't particularly happy with Spectre and he didn't really want to do it. So they're by funding one of his pet projects, they're kind of buttering him up. So we'll, do, we'll give you some money to do something that you want to do and then you can do something that you don't want to do. Uh, that's the thing, though. If they don't want to do it, his performance might not be as good. Yeah, it will probably suffer like it kind of did in Spectre. Yeah, he's going to half-arse it. Yes, true. We don't want a half-ass bond, do we? Dramatic scene, somebody's dying, he's just on his phone texting. Oh, is it me? Oh, My fine. line is it? Okay, you can't cut this out because I'll quit the film if you do. <laughs> Keep it in. 
keep it all in. Warner Brothers, Montreal Chris, they're a game company. I'm aware. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, they did the Batman Arkham Orange Oranges. I'm aware. <laughs> uh, video game. They're working on another one, allegedly. It's another been Batman leaked. one. Another Batman film, uh, not film, uh, Batman game called Batman Arkham Insurgents. Now, or Insurgency, sorry. Uh, now, this was leaked because they're going to make the official announcement at E3, which is the big gaming conference. You're aware. I'm aware <laughs> of that. <laughs> so, did you play Arkham Origins first off? I didn't like it. I couldn't finish it. All the other games. Is it because you're shit at games, Chris? Uh, so, was maybe it too a difficult? Bit. All the other Arkham games I really got into, completed all of them. Knight, I even pushed to do 100%, did all the fucking riddles and everything. <laughs> I always do the riddles, they're fun. Arkham Origins, or oranges, or bananas, whatever you want to fucking call it. Bananas. I just got half a through and I was like, this is not holding my attention, it's not interesting. The voice acting uh, for Batman, it's not It's not my Kevin Conroy, it doesn't sound right. I All of it didn't suit me, so uh, I gave up on it. Not excited for this no if it's going to be the same team that worked on Arkham Origins and they're bringing back the same voice actors they are yes Troy Baker for Batman Troy Baker and not Mark Hamill yeah the Joker uh, I'm not interested no not even a smidgen no because it's going to be the same as Origins and not do very well okay well Origins it had its problems it was passable I played it I it was okay. There were some interesting fights and stuff like that. The boss fights were definitely a lot better than some of the other uh, Rocksteady Arkham games. Nothing that topped the Mr. Freeze fight in Arkham City. But as long as Warner Brothers gives them enough time to craft a, a decent story and iron out all the glitches and stuff like that, I'll, I'll be happy with more Arkham Batman. Because I like that universe and I like the gameplay and... And that sort of stuff. So, yeah, as long as it's not a rushed-out shit show to coincide with a Batman film. Oh, it's definitely going to happen. That's, that is what's going to happen. Yeah. So, as long as it's not that, it should be good. Um, they'll get Ben Affleck to voice Batman. I doubt that very much. Very, very much. Uh, last bit of news, Chris. Would you like to know what the lowest-grossing UK film is uh, of the year? So far. I already know, but I'm going to let you tell me. Okay. What is the lowest UK grossing film of the year so far? Well, I'm glad you asked, Chris. It's called Man Down. It stars Shia LaBeouf and Gary Oldman. And it's a, a film that follows a, a US soldier who has PTSD. The reason it's so low grossing, and I'll give you the figure, it came out in one cinema and on the opening night, one person went to see it. One person <laughs> <So> bad <laughs> on opening night. Uh, it had a week-long run in the in the cinema, and I think it managed to make around twenty pounds. So seven pounds a ticket. That's about four people, isn't it? Something like that. Three. Three. <laughs> Not even three. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Less so, than three. That's like two point something. That's yeah, that's half a person. <laughs> Someone got in for half price. Yeah, they probably did. Child. Yeah, Master Side. That's terrible. I think the film in the US made about 400,000, something like that. That's not enough to make its money back. Oh, no. But that's piss But it's 420 pounds. Yes. <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> Has it got to be released elsewhere yet? I'm not sure it will be. I've not seen any trailers for it. I haven't. One cinema for a week. Why even bother? No clue. Why such a limited release? Probably not very good. Yeah, but... I mean, Gary Oldman's in it. It's the only reason they released it at one cinema. Yeah, the Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman will draw them in. Then there is LaBeouf. He drew in one person. <laughs> and then there is uh, Mr. Shire was in it. And then they left. Probably didn't watch the whole film. Got a refund on their ticket. So it's lost money. It's lost... Well, yeah, it's lost loads of money, hasn't it? Jeez, yeah. That's a fun story. And by fun, I mean fun for us, not fun for everyone involved in Man Down. I think it's coming straight out on DVD next month. Is it? Yeah, that's what I read. Um, I was reading Not on the, the Doctor Who no, TV. Not, no, <laughs> I was reading a website that was listing all the, the films that were being grossing money, and it was on there. It was the lowest grossing film, and it was um, 
it said it had its run in the cinemas. It's going to be released straight to DVD, Blu-ray next month. So I'm guessing they've gone screw theatrical. We're just going to do home release and just see how well it does. Not well, probably. It won't do well, no. Great stuff. Now, Chris, let's talk about films that will probably gross more than seven pounds. Uh, we're talking about Free Fire this week. It's about an arms deal that goes terribly wrong. Starring Cillian Murphy, Brie Larson, Chateau Copelier, Copelier. Who? The guy, the, the South African guy. Oh, him, okay. And a lot of other people, directed by Ben Wheatley. And it's a solid film, Chris. So I've pretty much summed up the story, that's it. It's a gang, it's a gun deal that goes horribly wrong and between an american gang and members of the ira who are Uh, trying to buy the guns it's never said that they're the ira but they probably irish definitely yeah (laughs) way to stereotype (laughs) so yeah what what do you what do you think i thought uh it was obviously done on a budget oh 10 million 10 minutes which is low for a film yeah but i think the but the low budget helped the film because uh Bar the very the first few minutes of film when it shows two characters driving to his warehouse, the rest of the film takes place in this warehouse, which I think helps it out a lot because it's basically an hour after the first half an hour and a gun battle kicks off. It's an hour long gun battle, yeah, which is great. Much. Loads of jokes, good acting, uh, very humorous, mostly from Shalto Copley's character. Yes, <laughs> definitely, and um, yes, a lot of double crosses, surprises, who's gonna live, who's gonna die. Did you have a feeling that everybody would die or that only one or two people would? I don't know. It was a thrilling film, Chris, definitely. Now, it does bear a striking resemblance to another film of uh, of the same DNA, you will say, Reservoir Dogs, which you haven't seen. No. Me and Ben did a podcast on it whilst you were away. It's a good podcast, mostly because you weren't there. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No. It, it does share a lot of DNA with that. If you're savvy enough, you'll pick up subtle references to it. Like, at the beginning, there's a line which gives away who the traitor is in the, in the arms deal. Because uh, it's, a, it's a... Spo- I've given the spoiler warning. Hopefully you've seen it. Definitely see it before you listen to this. But the traitor, the guy that uh, is setting up the double cross to take the guns and the money is Brie Larson's character who is she's the sort of middle woman she brings together people that want to buy guns and people that want to sell guns and at the very beginning when she's talking to Cillian Murphy's character Chris uh that's Chris the character yeah <laughs> um he he asks her oh are you part of the FBI she goes no I'm I'm in it for myself and she is in it for herself because she turns everything upside down and there's the same sort of thing in Reservoir Dogs but slightly more subtle in Reservoir Dogs but I wouldn't call it a rip-off of Reservoir Dogs I'd call it a a love note a a homage a love Mm. note it stands on its own and there are enough differences this is definitely a lot more action-packed and punchy than Reservoir Dogs there's a lot more shooting okay Slightly tamer, probably. There's no one sinisterly dancing and then chopping off someone's ear. But there should have been. Sh- that sounds great. <laughs> more Reservoir Dogs. But yeah, no. It stands on its own. You can see the influences. But it's solid and good fun. And yeah, Shalto Copley's character. The Vincent, South African. Yeah. I Vincent. Think Vernon. Vernon, sorry. V's. Yes, Vernon. His his introdu- introduction is great. It's He was misdiagnosed as a child genius, but really he's just a dick with sideburns or something along those lines. Dick with a moustache. So you know he's going he's gonna to be good because he thinks he's a... Well, he thinks he's a genius, doesn't he? And he's all up there. Yeah, Vernon's a standout character. Uh, anyone else that stands out to you? Uh, Stevie, or Steve-O. The drug guy. The drug addict. Harry. The uh, the long-haired hipster who's responsible for almost kicking it all off, or well, basically kicking it pretty off. Pretty much, yeah. He has yeah. a feud with uh, with um, Stevo, who they met the, the previous yeah the yeah. previous night, and uh, Stevo glassed Harry's cousin 
and Harry, not happy with this, punched him in the face and they were separated, but fate throws them together in this gun deal and uh, things kick off, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, because basically they're, they're going to do a deal, don't they? They see each other, they have a little scuffle, everyone's trying to keep them apart. Stevie goes to apologise and he's like, I'm sorry, and he's like, but then I come in your cousin's mouth or whatever, which obviously sets off. It's and not a good apology. It's not. Harry pulls out a gun and shoots him, doesn't kill him, more flesh wound, but that's what kicks off the entire thing. Because at that point, they're like, ah, screw this, everybody guns out. And yeah, I'm surprised. I thought Stevie was going to die at that point when he got shot, but he survives much later into the film. Yes, he does. So that kicks off the gun battle. And it's a tentative one, isn't it? It's not a John Wick one. There's no one in there that would walk around and just headshot everyone, is there? No. They're all pretty clumsy. Some of them are high. Some of them are just terrible shots. Some of them are on drugs. And obviously, uh, there's a lot of arm and leg shots happen very early in the film. So most of the film was spent crawling around on the floor. And I'm thinking, over the course of the film, they're losing blood. So their shots just become more and more worse. Yeah, because they're not being able to focus on targets and things like yeah. that. Yeah. It just descends into... <laughs> mayhem, doesn't it? And it works. I yeah, liked it. Yeah. What did you think about them crawling around the floor and ducking down behind low Walls and things and as cover yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's quite realistic. If, if there's a gunfight going on, you'd want to hide somewhere. Early on, that doesn't matter so much because not everyone's been shot in the leg. But as it goes on, they need to uh, come up with other ways to keep people on the ground and crawling and keep the pace slow. So no one... If you have a character in there that can run about, then he's just going to run around and shoot everyone in the in the head because they're all on the floor with leg wounds. So I think that's a way to equalise everything. Mm. And then the one character who uh, is able to walk around at one point, uh, he's called Martin. He's on the, the American side selling the weapons. Yes, he's Vernon's sort of associate advisor. He's his accountant, basically. He gets shot in the head very early on. But it skims, doesn't it? Yes, it's not a lethal one, but it takes half his hair and a bit of his skull with him. So he's concussed. And then when he gets back up, he's confused and doesn't really know where he is. And he's in it with Brie Larson and they're, they're in the double cross together and they've hired these two snipers that make their presence felt when he gets shot and they think, oh, the deal's gone south. Our guy's dead. So let's finish them off and we'll take the money for ourselves. So he gets back up all confused and concussed and starts pretty much spilling the beans, confessing that he's sort of the guy that hired the snipers because he goes over to one of them that's dead and goes, hey, what are you doing, man? Stop sleeping on the job. (laughs) Picks up the briefcase and then dies from blood loss or brain swelling or he got shot in the head so he's lucky yeah. he got back up at all yeah but yeah he doesn't get too much screen time because he spends most of it laying down which is unfortunate i liked him i liked him especially after he got up when he shot and he was just like where's the money and someone's like oh martin he's just shooting he's like why are you shooting like, well where's the money gone <laughs> when he sees cillian murphy's character frank and um old steven sorry and he's like just looks at him and see just points at the money he's like Okay. Cillian Murphy's character is Chris. Yes. Chris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so no, yeah. I think their plan was that they were going to let Chris's group buy the guns and then once they'd left, double cross Vernon because he's a dick. He's he's a fool that has probably got to the top of the gun running trade by accident. So they were going to double cross him, kill his crew and then take the money and split it and leave so i think mm. that's what their plan was but of course when harry meets steve-o it all goes <laughs> horribly wrong and the plans have to be changed i've not really got much more to add it's definitely a solid film and well mm. worth a watch oh the music i found the music to be very fitting and very out of place which is what made it so fitting fitting and out of place a yeah. contrast you mean so yeah you've got so... a nice soothing song as someone's head is being run over. There's that, for example, or there's other parts in the film where um, a character's, you know, moving around or one of them's got up and is half-heartedly limping across the warehouse. The music it plays is really disjointed and out of place, but it works as a result of it. Yeah, it's, it's a uh, contrast, surreal it, Yeah, it's very unusual. Of... I like that. And that's kind of another callback to Reservoir Dogs with the funky music. Oh, they do something similar, do they? Yeah, well, 
Quentin Tarantino films are always a bit more stylish and ah, right. funky, yeah. yeah. But no sinister dancing in Free Fire. No, it, a not sinister South African dude who was uh, when he's shot in the shoulder, he's like, I've been shot, I've been shot. And it's like, it's a shoulder pad, and he's like, it's a new suit. <laughs> yes, a, tra- a tragic loss to fashion. <laughs> I know, he was, a, it was great. Oh, I love that 70s style. Gold chain, bit of chest hair showing. The huge co- shirt collars that come out over the suits. Yeah. The 70s. What's we miss era. them. Yeah. <laughs> so, would you give it a watch then as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. Survival tips now, Chris. Oh, my God. There's going to be so many. Yes. Now, we've only seen this film once, so I'm probably going to get most of these deaths out of order, and I'll probably say the wrong names a lot. Uh, of who shot who but i'll try and go through it as best i can now here are the two teams the we've got the dealers chris we've got ord who's played by army hammer uh vernon martin who don't forget is involved in the double cross gordon and harry and on the buyer's team in the blue corner <laughs> uh we've the got green corner wouldn't it for irish, irish. yeah racist well, no <laughs> in the in the green corner then we've got um bernie steve-o frank chris and a little bit later on chris's sort of backup plan leary who's just a giant bold mustachioed 70s man i liked him because i recognize the actor that plays him yeah he plays more comedic roles yes in... he does have you seen plebs uh, I have not. But he's I'm, in that. He's in that. But yeah, he does comedic roles normally. So it'd be weird if you said a film or a TV show that he wasn't in. <laughs> yeah, he's in that. Seen in between us? No, he's not in that. <laughs> uh, I didn't say he was. I'm just. Have you seen it? <laughs> yep. And then Justine is caught in the middle, uh, trying to pick a side. But again, she's the double crosser. She's involved in the double crosser. And then yeah. we've got the two snipers that Justine and Martin hire. Uh, Jimmy and Howie, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. So the deal, uh, it starts off mostly amicably, and then descends into shooting when Harry sees it's the guy that glassed his cousin. And once shots start firing, everyone ducks into cover, and Martin gets shot in the head and is out cold for most of it. Vernon is obsessed with trying to get the briefcase and leaving. Chris, uh, he wants he he wants a a deal as well. He just wants his guns and to leave. Then the snipers kick off. Everyone gets shot in the leg, but Chris and Ord manage to get their hands on these sniper rifles and give themselves better aim to take out the snipers. And Howie knows Ord. And when Ord shoots him and he does like a, a head count, Howie go recognises Ord's voice and goes, Hey, is, is that you? It's like, what the fuck are you doing here, Howie? <laughs> Why are you shooting me? And Howie goes, Oh no, I met a, a Asian chick and she stole all my money and now I need one more job. And uh, Howie eventually goes, Okay, since we're friends, I'll tell you who did it, who, who started, who's the double crosser. Uh, before he can say anything, Steve-O shoots Howie in the neck because I think he's trying to aim for Harry or something, but he misses horribly. We never get who the double-crosser is and Ord's pretty pissed off and this starts off another round of terrible shooting and misses and everything. That's one death. Now it's the snipers, Chris. We'll start with them because they both bite the dust pretty early on. Yeah. You've seen your guy get shot in the head. What do you do? What's your initial thought? Because their thought is, okay, our boss is down. Let's just try and shoot everyone. Or do you wait until the herd has been thinned slightly? Well, you wait until the herd's been thinned, don't you? Because I'm guessing um, Justine, is it? Yes. Yes. Was part of this um, double cross as well. So they're going to be like, okay, one's down. We've still got another double crossy. But I'm not sure whether they know whether she was part of it because she says at the end when when the reveal is made that it was Martin that hired them. So maybe Martin told them, but maybe he okay. didn't. Maybe he's working a double cross in the double cross. Oh, so okay. many double crosses. But 
Yeah, wait until they've thinned out. They're shooting each other. Why do you need to get involved now? They don't know you're there. You've got the element of exactly. surprise as wait well. Wait until they've killed most of each other. Uh, does that make sense? Wait until they've killed each other, mostly. Yeah. And then just like, you know, pop a few shots in then. They're terrible snipers, though. They kept missing. I don't know why they were hired. <laughs> they were bad. It makes it sound like they've done this stuff before. You know, it's like one last job, so they've been hired previously. But perhaps when they were younger and better aims? Maybe, or maybe they more used to roughing people up and getting money out of them with their yeah. fists rather than uh, rifles and sniping and stuff like that. It's a very specific skill, sniping, Chris. I'm not sure I could do it. I'm not sure I'd fare much. But I don't think I'd even hit a leg with a... I don't know how to load a gun. <laughs> I don't even know how to get take a safety off. Just throw the gun at them. Exactly. Ord gets a couple of nice shots in. Not with a gun, he but with rocks and... Crowbars and stuff, <laughs> yeah. doesn't he? So... The um, most accurate weapon, the crowbar. <laughs> but yeah, it's easy, isn't it? Just wait until, as you said, the herd is thinned and then unleash fury. Yeah, because they're already at each other's throats. And then when you reveal yourselves, you've given yourself away because you're shooting at both sides. Mm. So for a brief moment, they have a united front and, and take you out, uh, which isn't good. So... Uh, a few more conversations I had and Ord is he's the calm one in this mostly because he's smoking weed probably yes but he's he's pretty composed and he knows what he's got to do he's trying to keep a check of who's still alive and he takes the piss out of Frank because Frank is eyes he's Steve-O's brother-in-law the drug de- the drug guy. Yeah. Uh, and he keeps taking the piss out of him because the oldest he's the oldest guy on the field and he's like, Oh, you're still collecting a pension, you mustachioed prick. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Ord's got the right idea. So maybe when he's doing the head count you can try and hide yourself from Yeah, from don't him. respond to him and he thinks you're dead. Yeah, because th- I'd say he's probably the most dangerous one on the field. Am I wrong? Or maybe mm. Justine is, because throughout the film, Chris, he's sort of hitting on her. Uh, and, uh, hey, do you want to grab a beer after this? And she's like, yeah, maybe. And most of the film, or the, well, an early part of the film is, of the standoff, is Chris trying to get Justine out safely, because she's she's not affiliated with the gangs is she no so maybe she's the most dangerous because we don't Mm. nobody knows her motives I don't know no I think in terms of the actual battle it was Ord Vernon is a bit of a loose cannon though and he starts shooting (laughs) people I mean he shoots Justine because he's like look she's talking to me she fucking double crossed us and he just shoots in the leg yeah Ord only gets shot accidentally by Harry because he's in the same team yeah that's a great thing he shoots he's like shot Ord he's gonna kill me (laughs) he's gonna kill me no that's the only way Ord gets hit initially so I think Ord is the most dangerous like I mean when I try and take out snipers the way he's behind cover comes up shoot back down it's very military like isn't it he's he's obviously had some sort of training yeah yeah and I think I think that I think all the character things come across very well because they're developed during the action Mm. apart from that one bit where Justine goes oh he used to be a child genius and now he's he's depressed and distraught. Uh, I think all of the character characters come across well in the action. So Ord comes across calm, cool, ex-military. Vernon comes across as an idiot that uses cardboard as armour. No, he's as protection from infection. <laughs> yes. Let's pick up a cardboard that's been in this dusty old warehouse that's been used by drug addicts yeah. and, and use the cardboard to cover our wounds because that's sterile that's how you work Frank's a recovering alcoholic yeah uh, he's also kind of handy would he be second third most dangerous on the field Uh, yeah probably about second third I think Cillian Murphy would be quite dangerous yeah, because he managed to so, hit yeah, one of the snipers. But then I think Stevie is as well, because he's so fucking high. And he's just laying and just suddenly starts spraying shots, doesn't he? Yeah, his unpredictableness is, is what's dangerous, especially yeah. once he takes the drugs off of um, Bernie, who dies pretty early on as well. I'm not yeah. sure who shoots him. I think it's Harry. 
I think Harry... No, yeah, Bernie no. gets up and he wants to leave and he walks off slowly. I think he's been shot in the leg. And it's either Harry or Vern. I think it's Harry. Shoot him in the back. Yeah, because then he's like, I've killed your friend. He's like, I'm coming for you next, Stevie. And he's like, shut up, you cocksucker. Yeah. Just calls him cocksucker about seven times in his film. <laughs> yes. Cocksucker's the nicest insult they throw around. So, yeah. yeah. You're Bernie. You obviously don't want to get involved in this shootout. No. You run for the door rather than walk slowly. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing with that because it was almost like he was in shock at like, what was happening around him. He seemed a bit like confused slightly when he got up and he was walking. So he was just like, I don't want to be part of this. I'm freaking out. I'm just going to go. He was probably a little bit high because he, he had drugs on him. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and he'd just seen Rogue One. <laughs> and, you know, when, In the 70s. Yeah, and when Shirit obviously walks across... He's like, I'm one with the force. Doesn't avoid it all. Bernie's obviously like, well, duh. That's what I've got to do. I'm in his mind, he's like, I'm one with the drugs and the drugs are with me. <laughs> I think what that was, the reason why he was walking, he didn't want to appear a threat. He was just going, and he was saying out loud, I don't want to be involved with this. Please don't shoot me. I just want to go home. But he does get shot. So yes. run, Bernie, run! Or cruel. If you're going to do it. <laughs> just get out of there as stealthily or as quickly as possible. So yeah. Uh, eventually, in the warehouse, a phone rings, which gives everyone pause for thought. Ah, oh, there's a phone. There's a working phone. Whoever gets to it first can ring up their guys and bring in backup. So there's a, a crawl race thing to the phone. Vernon and Frank go for the phone, and Frank manages to get to the room where the phone is, but Vernon's shooting at him, and there's a pretty sweet crawly chase and Vernon shooting like a madman um, Frank's been shot several times and has also stabbed his hand on a dirty needle yes oh that so, ling- it lingered on that well got hepatitis or AIDS or something hasn't he from it so, horrible yeah, yeah. Uh, that chase ends when Frank locks himself in the room with the phone and Vernon's desperately trying to get him but Frank sees gasoline pours it under the door Vernon doesn't notice Frank sets it on fire. Vernon gets cooked, essentially, but not killed. And then when the phone rings, Frank picks it up and it's a cold call. Hey, you've won a free car or something. And then bang, Vernon shot him through the door and in the head and taken out Frank. Yeah. Uh, And a little bit later on, Cillian Murphy's character, Chris, rocks up crawling and... Vernon's pretending to be dead. I mean, he looks dead. His hands are blackened, and how he pulled that trigger without his finger falling off, I'll never know. He's covered in foam as well, isn't he? Because he grabs a fire extinguisher and sprays foam over himself, which is great. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, yeah he's, you're right. His hands are burnt to a crisp. He needs both fingers to pull the trigger. Yeah, and he tries to sneakily shoot uh, Cillian, but misses, and then... Cillian shoots him in the nose, killing him, and then is very sad when Frank's dead. Yeah. Uh, then he tries to use the phone, but the people at his base aren't very happy with him for some reason. And then this is where he sees his backup plan, Leary, come in. And we'll get onto Leary in a minute. So, how do you survive A, getting set on fire and getting shot through a door? Well, first off, when he pours the gasoline under the door. Obviously, Vernon's crouching down at his point. That's why it goes over his legs and stuff. But it's the fact he puts his hand into it and he's like, what is this? As if he's really confused. But surely you'd have a really strong smell of petrol and you'd be like, oh, shit, and move. You would, wouldn't you? If you had a sudden liquid come out under the door over you, you, could, you, you should be able to smell it as petrol. Yeah. So move the fuck off of it. So when it is set on fire, you're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to stand and let the flames burn out for a bit. Bang, dead. And another thing for Frank... Because he pulls himself up onto the desk to get the phone. Screw that, I would have got the phone off of the desk and lay down on the floor with it. Or even gone behind the desk and lay down on the floor yeah, with the phone. Yeah, got some cover. Yeah, because Vernon shoots him through the glass section of the door. So if you're laying down, he's not going to see you when we get the shot. Hopefully he'll be burning still. That's a bit of a wishful thinking. Because when you pick up the phone, Vernon's going to hear. So he'll, he won't have an exact pinpoint on where you are, but he'll know that you're in there and still alive and you've not been choked out by the fumes or anything like that so it's a bit risky getting the phone and revealing that you're still alive but it's a risk you have to take oh yeah it's gonna have to happen yeah and maybe if frank was the one 
to call his friends of the gang, then they'd be more receptive than they were to Cillian Murphy. So it's a it's a toss up, yeah. If you don't stand in a puddle of petrol, is yeah, pretty much our main survival tip. It's the fact he put his hand in it and he had to smell it. I mean, petrol's got a very distinct smell. Definitely, yeah. And it's quite strong. I mean, I can smell petrol when I'm filling my car up. How he doesn't smell it and realise it's petrol without having to stick his hand in it and put it to his face, I don't know. Sad thing is, your car's a diesel. <laughs> what? Oh my god, this why hasn't been working. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, I can't argue with that. The only explanation is Vernon's an idiot. So Yes, yes he is. <laughs> Maybe he's only read about the smell of petrol. And doesn't realise what it is. Like, it... Yeah. I'm a child genius, <laughs> I should know this is petrol. <laughs> so Chris gets to the phone and nobody answers, but Leary wanders into the warehouse. And Leary's a big guy, but the problem is he has no idea what's been going on. So when he walks in gun-drawn, he gets smacked in the knee with a crowbar by Harry. And he tosses Harry about for a bit, and then eventually Leary... How is he killed? This was edited a bit choppily. Is he just hit over the back of the head with the crowbar? Uh, no, he's throwing uh, Harry around, and Harry's like, fucking freak of nature or whatever, because <laughs> yeah. he's so big and strong. And uh, He gets hold of, the, hold of the crowbar. I think he hits him again in the leg, which makes him go down, and he hits him at least twice in the head. And then once again while he's laying down, which then finishes him off. Uh, which is surprising they didn't show the hitting, because later in the film they show somebody's head literally being run over and exploding. Maybe that's where the budget went. Yeah, perhaps. So I'm surprised they didn't show the actual crowbar hit, which is disappointing. Because this is a 15. It's bloody in part, but not... Not overly gory, Yeah, and that no. bit was a bit confusing as to how he got taken out. Yeah, but... So easily, for a, such a massive guy... Uh, it's just beautiful. It's, I love the way he's just throwing around. He's like, you're a freak of nature. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so don't start on a freak of nature. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think who's left on Chris's team. I mean, Frank's out. So's Bernie. Steve-O at this point is down there, but he's asleep because of the drugs and blood loss, probably. So there's no one there to warn him. And no. Chris is upstairs with the phone. And he's trying so. to bang on the window, office window, isn't he? But obviously Leary's too... Uh occupied to yeah. notice what's going on. Yeah, so that's sad for Leary. He he would have definitely been a game changer if he'd had proper warning as to yeah. what was going on. But yeah, survival tips for Leary. Well, if I mean, you've got a guy by the scruff of the neck, just murder him. Yeah, don't throw him around everywhere. I mean, he has his gun, doesn't he? And uh, I Harry, think that he drops it. When yeah, Harry gets... hits him in the leg or the foot of the crowbar. And then Harry's like, ha ha ha. Which point Leary just goes nuts on him. Perhaps if you picked up Harry and just threw him against one of the stone pillars and then picked your gun back up and shot him, or uh, Harry's head, I'm pretty sure he could have smashed it against the stone pillar several times. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Then we've got to consider Ord is still down there as well. I mean, Ord didn't do anything. He was sort of like enjoying it, I think. Well, he's not too fussed about Harry because Harry no. shot him. Exactly. And, and, and they have a back and forth where I think Harry asks Ord to do something. He's like, I'm going to need some money. And then Harry does the same thing, and it's a it's a back and forth. So mm. I'm not sure that they're going to be going to each other's funerals. No, I well, not now. <laughs> no. I got I got the feeling that everybody on the Irish team were friends with each other, and the most of the time, and everyone on Vernon's team was sort was of there just of the working way. together. Yeah, like, they don't really care if the others lived or died. Yeah, because they they didn't know each other, and in in the case of Chris's team. Some of them were family. I mean, Frank and Steve-O were in-laws. So, yeah. Chris eventually crawls back down into the main bit. Uh, oh, Brie Larson's Justine is... I think she's also going for the phone, and she's pursued by one of Vernon's uh, lackeys. I think Gordon uh, is the one chasing her, and then uh, they're both crawling, and they have a bit of a scuffle, and Justine manages to shoot him. He, he tries to talk her out of of shooting him but he tries to shoot her so yeah she gets, gets a line oh not all girls can be good are you trying to do an impression of Brie Larson that's what she sounds like she sounds like Batman this is all Batman Batman Batman's more like this <laughs> but yeah she shoots and uh, it's out of Batman but then she gets hold of his gun doesn't she and uh, and shoots him yeah, yeah kills him off. and she makes her way back down into the ground level of the warehouse but and it sort of goes incognito at that point, doesn't she? She she, uh, of... she vanishes until the 
the last scene. Yeah, there was a bit where she gets down and she's sort of in cover with a rifle and then she she passes out or goes into shock or something. Yeah. But she comes back up. Did you think she'd died at that point where she'd gone, ugh? Yeah, sort of, yeah. I was like, maybe she's finally succumbed to the amount of blood that she's lost. Because she makes a tourniquet around her thigh where she's been shot or, you know, her leg. And then it falls off because the other guy is chasing her. Gets yeah, Gordon sniffing picks it up it. and, yeah. Yeah. So, I found your scarf! <laughs> so, I mean, if she's been shot in sort of the thigh area. A lot of blood's going to be lost. So, I thought, I didn't know whether she was dead, but I didn't think she was going to wake back up again. Like, she could have remained unconscious. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we come to the final showdown. The main event between Steve-O and Harry. The guys that kicked this whole shootout off. Steve-O manages to get the case off of Harry, who's got the keys to the van. He grabbed the, the case, and his, his plan is to just drive off with the case and leave all of this crazy stuff behind and live happily with however much money it takes to buy some machine guns. But Steve-O doesn't let that happen. Gets the case, falls out of the van, and lands directly in the path of the van as it circles around one of these pillars. Yeah, Harry's just driving around in a circle at this point, is he? Well, I don't, what's, what's the song that's blasting out? I can't remember. It was a John... Denver's song, I think they said. I'm not sure well, off the top again, of my head. Again, song that's really out of place, yeah. but works. So Harry's slowly driving the red van round. Devo, as you said, he gets himself into the van. They're biting each other at one point. Yeah. Stevo's biting Harry's hand and Harry's biting Stevo's neck. Yeah. So, but yeah, he gets the case, falls out. But because he's been shot so much and he can hardly move, he can't, he can't and he's drag drug himself. Addled. Yeah, and he can't drag himself out of the way. This van slowly come around. Harry's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really slowly. It reminds me of the scene from Deadpool. When he's on the, the ice on that machine, he's slowly chasing after the I'm going to kill you with a Zamboni! <laughs> exactly. So it's more like that. And he runs over Steve-O's head, doesn't he? And uh, it pops. Yeah, but in Steve-O's last moments, he manages to use his gun to shoot up under the floor of the car and shoot Harry in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that finishes Harry off because the bullet travels up through his whole body they kill each other in their last moments yeah ending that which rivalry. is fitting i think yes so survival tips for steve-o first don't do drugs especially when you're in the middle of a firefight i know it'll probably calm your nerves but you need you need nerves to keep you on edge to keep you alert and also it doesn't help with crazy randomly shooting also roll don't crawl uh, roll yeah. out of the way he could have rolled couldn't he but I then... mean he'd get dizzy and wouldn't be able to make a final shot at Harry but he wouldn't be crushed and he'd have another opportunity to shoot Harry don't roll to his left though because that would have gone further into the path of the van if he rolled to the right behind a stone pillar then Harry wouldn't be able to turn the van into the pillar yes exactly so I think you'd uh, be okay yeah because the van's damaged and the turning circle's probably terrible on it anyway if I was Harry and I survived the shot of the arse I'd be really worried that Steve-O bit me because you're going to catch something. Yeah. He looks like he's riddled with something. Definitely, yeah, but fortunately he was spared it by bullet to the arse. Was that more fortunate? <laughs> Not really, no. No, would you, I'd rather live. Than <laughs> be shot in the arse. Yeah. But, mm. um, yeah, I like uh, roll out the way. If Harry hadn't been driving the van and trying to squash Steve-O's head, he wouldn't have shot him in the arse. Exactly, yeah. He died doing what he had died trying to do the last hour of his life trying to kill a crazy drug man yeah he's like I avenge my cousin but I have a bullet in my sphincter <laughs> beautiful uh, yeah that leaves Auden Chris and they've been sort of amicable throughout the the whole film and Ord he does his head count again oh okay Chris is the only one that's answering he's the only one that's alive Ord picks up the briefcase and goes, hey, I really want a beer. Chris goes, who's buying? Technically you, but come on. So he gets the keys off of Harry and goes to open up the back of the van so he can lay Chris down in it and then probably take him to a hospital or a mob doctor. But Brie Larson wakes up, shoots Ord in the head, shoots... That's a great shot. It was, yeah, yeah. after a film of terrible shots. It's a, yeah, it's a perfect headshot. Yeah, shoots Ord in the head, shoots Chris in the chest, and then uses the rifle as a crutch to get over to them, pick up the case, and Chris is still breathing, he's still alive, and 
they they have a bit of a chat where he, he Chris isn't too gutted. Okay, you did say you're in it for yourself. Good on you for taking what you want. Um, yeah, he's very relaxed about it, isn't he? I'd be pissed off at like, you, bitch. <laughs> but he's very he's just like yeah, whatever. He's chilled. He probably would have done the same thing in his I think situation. It's the blood loss. It might be, yeah. He might be delusional or something. We think Brie Larson's going to wander off into the sunset with her money, but because the sprinklers have gone off because of the fire that took out, or partially took out Vernon, the police and fire department have all shown up, and it ends very suddenly with Brie Larson looking, flashing lights coming under the door, a look of, oh shit... I'm the only one still alive. Well, maybe Chris is still alive because he, he probably could survive. I like to think he survived. Yeah, and she's in a room with what? So ten, many dead people. Ten dead bodies. She's the only one still standing and about to leave with a suitcase full of cash. She can't explain her way out of this. No. I'm just thinking, investigating that, you, it would be so difficult because people switch guns and everyone's picking up a different type of gun. Exactly. You've got to try and work out everyone, how everyone died, etc. Yeah, you could match different people being shot with the guns, but putting in who had that particular gun at well, the they, time is tricky. They'd have to rely a lot on Brie Larson, wouldn't they? And Chris, if he manages to yeah, make it out. Survive it. Would they work together? Would Chris... Is Chris's attraction to Brie Larson strong enough for him to cover for her slightly? No. Okay, fair enough. So I wouldn't. You know, I shot you. I bl- I did. A, I met her in a bar and she drugged me. I woke up in the warehouse. I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. Had bullet wounds. I've got yeah, no idea. I have a clue. I'm not Irish. I'm Australian. Good day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and on that cunning alibi, Chris, uh, how do people get in touch with us? You can email us at wecouldsurvive@gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at wecouldsurvive. You can meet us in a warehouse for a gun deal, or Find us on iTunes, YouTube, Podomatic. Bring cash to the gun deal. Yes, not cash. No, because they always bounce. Yes. I don't know how to use cards. <laughs> A card machine, no. Nope. They're also easily traceable. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next week it's Easter. We'll be doing the cheesiest, corniest Easter horror bunny rabbit film I can find. Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Not cheesy enough. Although Wallace does like cheese. Yeah, he's a big fan of cheese. Oh. We'll see. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I'll find something. It'll be fun. Uh, Until then, Chris, that's it. Anything else to add, or do you want to end the show? Uh, No, you have been listening to We Could Survive That, your weekly survivor guide to your 70s gun deals. Until then... Oh, no, hang on. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Until then, keep on dealing. Goodbye.